0: Hey, listener, just a quick content warning. Uh, This episode of Babylon 5 deals with torture, abuse, and abuse of power dynamics. So if that is something that is going to not make you feel good listening to a podcast that we hope makes you feel good when you listen to it, just go ahead and skip this one. We'll be here next week. We understand.
1: A mutual
0: admiration and sacrificial society.
1: Hello and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of strangers, now friends, who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura.
0: And I'm Jafer.
1: And today I get to ask Jafer, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am?
0: Oh, we haven't done this in a minute.
1: Oh, and I know. And I should have like, because we get a good like, who are you in this one? I should yes. have like tried to mimic that. Oops. <laughs>
0: there's there's a lot of good who are you's in this one. There really um, are. So when we launched this segment back in season 1 I talked a bit about JMS's college years and hmm. why he chose this question and its significance in the history of psychology and psychiatry mm-hmm. I it's one of them and it might be ma- might matter which I don't know <laughs> um but I am not an expert, but this is the episode where that comes full swing.
1: It really does. Like, I was thinking about that story you told us that whole time during yeah. during the big scenes.
0: And actually, when I read when I did the research initially, I read that story when we just talked about the segment and the importance of that question. That story was actually in my season episode guide.
1: Oh, for this episode?
0: For this episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs>
0: But who am I? Well, life's been going through some changes and I'm hitting one of those big ones here. Oh boy. Um, right now. Friday was the last day of me doing my old job at my current employer mm-hmm. and Monday is my first day at my new job at my current employer.
1: Oh, Congrats. Um,
0: thank you. Yeah, I'm completely changing divisions and the scope of what I do and the people I interact with and it's gonna be not a completely new thing for me but a very new thing for me. Okay. So I think I've mentioned before I work in information technology, Mm -hmm. and I was a people leader before. Between direct and indirect reports, I had about 50 people reporting up to me at various levels and points of their career, from entry to people who were effectively going to be my next peer once someone in my position moved away.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of people.
0: It's, It's a fair bit. I mean... If you look at U.S. operations for my division, it was about 5% of Mm. the company, um, which is intimidating. (laughs) Uh Yeah, it's, it's not a small number. And I've been in leadership for most of my adult life. I have, what are we at right now, 15 years of leadership experience, and I'm, you know, in my late 30s so (laughs) i've been doing this most of my career i've been a leader of one variety or another Uh uh but it's been a big part of my life and my career i find it incredibly rewarding i love being uh, a leader uh, not for the normal reasons but i love helping people grow it's one of the most rewarding things in my life is to help someone achieve their potential to better themselves to just be the best version of themselves personally and professionally. And I take so much joy in that. And as a leader, especially in my current company, I've probably gotten to promote some 20, 25 people over the last three or four years. And it's been super rewarding and I really love it. I love that part of my job. It is easily the best part of my job. But <laughs> but, um, what I'm moving away from is client-facing stuff. Uh-huh. I'm not going to have any direct reports in my new role. I'm moving to a team of like four people. I'm going to be an Excel jockey. I When I redid my calendar on Friday, handing off things to the person who was replacing me, mm-hmm. who's also someone that started at the company entry level that I've been their boss literally since I became a leader at this company, they have reported to me through every stage of their career up through replacing me mm-hmm. as a middle manager which has been super rewarding as well to just help him grow. But when I handed off all my meetings, I went from eight hours a week without meetings to an hour and a half with.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh, I'm going to have so much time for activities. I'm going to get so much stuff done.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Like one of my job duties is I'm going to have a couple hours each week, like six to eight hours each week a day, basically. To just do on what I feel needs to get done for the good of the company. Mm-hmm. That's, on, that's yeah. one of my actual like list of job duties. It's just like, oh, it's going to be so good. I'm going to get so much done. I'm going to get so much good information out mm-hmm. there to people about what we do, how we do it, and ways to improve it. And I'm really looking forward to just that kind of grand scope of optimization is really going to make my brain happies happen. Mm -hmm. Um, That's living the dream. Chemicals. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to all of that. I'm looking forward to not getting phone calls about a server being down at 10 p.m. anymore. That's going to be great. I will be choosing my own hours outside of a handful of like if a VP or a C-level or something's like, hey, I need you on this thing. I need mm-hmm. you to do this thing. Yeah, Obviously, of that will override. But that's that's what it would take yeah. to change my course now, not anything else. So <sighs> I'm looking forward to sleeping in tomorrow.
1: Well, congratulations again.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a huge change. It's going to be a bit to get used to. Um, sure. There will be times where I will be sitting on my hands, not knowing what to do without having that set in front of me. For sure, it will take mm-hmm. some adjustment. I uh, definitely
1: understand that. Yeah.
0: But once we're through that, uh, I'm really looking forward to doing doing what I want to do for yeah. work. It's going to be great. It will. And doing what you want to do and doing what you're chosen to do.
1: Yeah, there you go. Really like- like this
0: episode's about
1: I was stretching for a segue there, you did it
0: I found it, I dug I dug, and I found it. um <laughs> so we're going to talk about doing what you're destined to do with season two episode twenty one Comes the inquisitor. um this episode is a fun tagline, which is the episode that lets me say that Babylon Five didn't even jump the shark when Jack the Ripper shows up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, nope. I mean, that's a it's a very 90s thing, right? For Jack to show up. But
0: did that start here, too? I feel like it might have. I don't know.
1: I mean, you can tell
0: me that it did. I'm not putting in that legwork. I'm just I'm not I'm not googling that I'm not interested in spending that time to see Jack the Ripper media appearances. I know that we had time after time in the late 80s. Yeah, right which I've referenced number of times you on this have. pod. You have. I still haven't it's watched a great it movie. yet.
1: I'm a bad friend. I'm sorry.
0: We have to. <laughs> no, nah, it's fine. We have to figure out our season three movie break still.
1: Mm, yeah, we And do. we also,
0: audience, listening audience, by the time you listen to this episode... We will be preparing slash about to record our season two recap. So I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it again at the end of the episode. Please send us your thoughts on season two of Babylon 5 so that we can include them as we go over season two in two weeks after this episode airs.
1: Yes, we love to share your thoughts, too, and not just talk about our own thoughts all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So get them in there. We'd love to have them. Okay, so this episode opens up with Jakar sort of proselytizing in the Zokolo about the how this- Such s- a good word choice. I hope I said it right.
0: <laughs> I literally have, I have like P, scribble, and then protesting written next to it in my notes because I couldn't find that word and I really wanted it. So I'm I, glad I, you're done. you got it. I guarantee
1: I didn't spell it right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the beauty of radio.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's uh, proselytizing in the Zokolo regarding this great threat that the Centauri posed to everyone. Does anyone here truly believe the Centauri will stop now that they've seized our territory? We are only the beginning. Notably a human stands up and, you know, says, "Their beef was with you, not with us. Get out yeah, of here." Yeah, we're basically. humans.
0: We're fine. Yeah. Nah.
1: Like we're we're all cool here. And of course, Jakar objects to this, but Anarn objects yeah. to his, his basically like public begging is kind of how he sees this, I think. He drags him off.: Not a big to fan a yeah.
0: yeah. Meanwhile, a Delenni encounters Kosh, who's like, "Hey, we're not really sure about the whole "you thing." <laughs> so an inquisitor is coming to make sure if you survive. Dun 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 to theme
1: sounds very ominous, and she seems a little surprised because no one expects the Vorlon Inquisition.
0: Yes, Uh, that is an excellent (laughs) joke. Good job. Thank Um, you. Thank you. (laughs) After theme, we cut to Sheridan's office, and Delenn is like look, I need you to let this guy through, but I don't know who it is, what he looks like, what he'll be arriving on or any information about him. So maybe just like let everyone through space TSA for a while. Uh, <laughs> how we know this was made pre 9-11.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I like that she and Lanier have a little squabble in here about, yeah. you know, she she characterizes how Kosh feels as doubting. And Lanier says, no, he just wants confirmation. But I'm I'm team Delenn on this. I think Doubting and wanting confirmation are the same thing, right?
0: (laughs) I mean, they're real close. I would say in this regard, they are 100% the same thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Sometimes they just live next door, but today they're in the same house, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. They're like when you go to the hotel... And Uh there's the two rooms next to each other that have the door you can open to kind of make the two rooms one room. Mm -hmm. That's doubting and wanting confirmation. And the doors are open in this scenario.
1: Correct. Yes. Agree.
0: (laughs) After this, we get an ultra close-up arms deal that has the worst filter on the gram.
1: Oh like, my what gosh. is even
0: happening here? Jakar has the same amount of neck as the criminologist from Rocky Horror.
1: <laughs> and the, this arms dealer, he looks like, but definitely does not sound like Phil Collins. <laughs> is, is he doing a voice, you think? Or is this just his voice? <laughs> he has to be. He's got he to be doing, doing it. a voice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways, uh, Jakar's real upset about inflation, but buys a bunch of guns anyways. Uh, this is a tale as old of time and guns. <laughs> And the gun lobby Uh and Rush. Right. And hey, that's the first time you thought about Rush Limbaugh since he died, which just goes to show his actual impact on society.
1: (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Got
0: my leftist joke in. Yeah. Um.
1: I like that Jakar points out in this that these are the weapons we sold you guys years (laughs) ago. And now you're selling them back to us. And inflation, yeah.
0: I'm a bit aghast
1: at that, to be perfectly honest. It seems like these are going to be obsolete, right? Well,
0: yes. Technologically speaking, I'm sure they're obsolete, uh-huh. which is probably why he has them.
1: Oh, good point. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: But we know Jakar sold these to, like, EarthGov, right? Oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And that is not a representative of EarthGov in there. That is just a shady arms dealer, right? Yeah, I hope So he's not. like, hey, I sold your people these guns. It's all like, yeah, okay, you sold the U.S. military mm-hmm. <laughs> these mm-hmm. guns 20 years ago. And now I, not the U.S. military, is selling them back to you. I can appreciate how you would find the symmetry in that, Chakar. Mm-hmm. But as the arms dealer... You have to be mistaken for someone else.
1: Yeah. EarthGov has kind of turned you away, Jakar. Now you get stuck with dealing with uh, shady Phil Collins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, a Vorlon ship jumps to B5 and Sheridan goes to greet the arrival at Space TSA. To yeah. his surprise, it's a human in a top hat.
1: I called him a dun, Moriarty dun, dun. clone. <laughs> he looks like That's a little fair. Moriarty, doesn't he? Like He does. He's got big vibes. So Sheridan tries to get, you know, this Moriarty to tell him how he knows the Vorlans. Yeah. And <laughs> he's he giving refuses. Preacher
0: Rick a tour.
1: Yeah. Okay. Preacher Rick. Um, You're gonna have to give me that reference.
0: Oh, that is <laughs> so at the college I went to, mm-hmm. there was a guy who would show up on campus and his name was Preacher Rick, and he would just everyone was a sinner, everyone was just straight up
1: uh, nobody just likes Southern that kind Baptist of guy. style.
0: Like uh-huh. Just yelling at everyone. Everyone was uh, debaucherous and going to hell uh-huh. uh, if he if he didn't personally know you. It felt like so. Yeah, yeah that that's preacher Rick, and this is you know he's got the in, in mid Michigan.
1: So <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy is super judgy. Like they step into yeah. the Zocalo, and he's. You know, kind of ranting to Sheridan about immorality and chaos are eternal in the human race. We find out he hasn't been on Earth for a long time. 1886, I think, is when he said he left.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, he's from London in the late 1800s. And he's just like, Sheridan's like, hey, can you cut the cryptic bullshit? And they agreed to drop kayfabe. And he's just like, look, the Vorlons found me. They showed me the truth. It's more than most minds can comprehend. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's all like, so you seen what the Vorlons look like? <laughs> hmm. Wonder why that got dropped in there. That couldn't possibly be something timely to remind us of being a plot point for next episode.
1: No. And it's not something we've been talking about since like the pilot. Right. That yeah. no one knows what Vorlons look like.
0: It hasn't been brought up in a while. It has So we had to bring it up here. <laughs> we, we had to bring it up here because mm-hmm. you got to tilt your cards a little forward before you play them. Mm-hmm. And you're Joe Michael Straczynski.
1: Yeah. So he's seen the Vorlons. He's basically their servant now, right? He seems like mm-hmm. he only works for them. And he won't really say much else about why he's here or what he's going to do.
0: Yeah. Garibaldi corners Jakar, who's like, you already know. Like, what what are, you, what are you doing here? And Alfredo doesn't care about the weapons deal so much as the weapons themselves. He doesn't want them to pass through B5.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair.
0: Uh, He gives Jakar a data crystal that will let him contact a smuggler who owes Garibaldi a favor that will help the Narn free a charge. When Jakar asks Garibaldi why he does this, he he says because he didn't lie to him. Yeah. And then he notes that he likes to leave a little room for people to disappoint him.
1: Yeah. But I feel like Jakar and Garibaldi really like turn a corner in their relationship here. I don't think they've had much of a relationship. And because... When Garibaldi confronted him, Jakar said, yeah, I did. I did the thing. And uh, he agrees that no weapons should not come through this station. Mm-hmm. Garibaldi says, all right, you're cool. We can be cool.
0: This scene feels a lot like an interaction that Garibaldi would have with Lando in the middle of season one.
1: Doesn't it? I've thought the same thing. I thought this is how they were once. Mm-hmm. But No more. No more.
0: Dylan goes to Gray 19 to meet Sebastian, and uh, Gray Sector is creepy, y'all.
1: Yeah, Gray Sector is creepy, and they had some very, like, Gray Council beams of light on the floor. Did you notice this when she walks in? I
0: did. It was very reminiscent of the Gray Council chambers, right down to the amount of fog machines that can explain how Spirit Halloween can afford all that storefront.
1: <laughs> we went to Spirit Halloween this weekend.
0: Did you? <laughs> It's October, so.
1: It's October. That was our October 1st thing.
0: I have not thought about Halloween at all. You'll get there. We're going as the Phantom of the Opera and a chandelier as our couple's costume.
1: (laughs) Who's the chandelier?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the chandelier. It's the real love story in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah,
1: obviously. Hard to agree. So (laughs) Sebastian comes up and confronts Dillon, and he gives her Mm. like these pain manacles. That he's going to use for their discussion. Yeah,
0: like, she can take them off at any time. But if she does, she loses.
1: Yeah. Uh, Then she's not the one, right?
0: Yeah, some real power dynamic stuff here. And then they do the intro to our podcast, but with more electrocution and lemon grab.
1: Unacceptable! Yeah.
0: Same amount of sass.
1: A lot more electrocution.
0: (laughs) A lot more electrocution than we (laughs) use.
1: The first, like, three answers she gives. She gives, like, her name. Mm Mm-hmm. She gives a title, yeah, and her familial relationship, and these are all bad answers. These are all like, yes, I don't know if she not gets answers yet. we've
0: used. It's not good radio to
1: I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> Having a bit of experience making radio based off the question, "Who are you?" I can tell you, boring answers.
1: <laughs> Unacceptable. So those are all bad answers, and I don't know. I don't think he's zapping her yet during these. Right? He's. Just I think there's
0: a. a- There's some light zapping along with the unacceptables.
1: So basically she's giving answers that are how other people relate to her or Mm -hmm. named her or something. And he wants to hear who she is from her own words. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting.
0: He is not convinced that Delenn is a true member of the Blues Brothers band.
1: We're on a mission from God. Sebastian tells her he's been testing people for years and they've all broken. They're they're all not chosen ones.
0: Yeah, he's he's done this dance a number of times.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
0: he's done being a shitty power tripping dom who doesn't know what aftercare is to her, she won't <laughs> think she's special either.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's very sinister.
0: He is. Uh, I, I I, mean, you're not supposed to like him. He's a shitbag. Mm-hmm. He's literally one of the most famous shitbags in history. So cheers.
1: I realized <sighs> that we haven't talked about this actor at all, and I feel like we should.
0: I have no notes on this actor.
1: I looked him up. Wayne Alexander. Oh, yes. So he's going to be somebody else later as well. I won't spoil that for anybody. Uh, what's really disappointing for me about Wayne Alexander is that this man is definitely not British. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I was very fooled. Were you fooled? Not. No.
0: It okay. didn't really sound. It's, well, the thing is, is it's supposed to sound old British. Mm-hmm. And so I guess there it wasn't like, but I've, I've never heard someone from actual 1800s London speak.
1: Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know why. what it's supposed
0: to sound like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this man is from San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got one of those faces that's very long. And yes. Easily made gaunt with makeup and mm-hmm. it just you can just play up the sinister so well with him. Yep. So, but he, we're going to see him again later. We'll point it out when he comes up.
0: Uh, We come back to Veer, dodging Centauri, asking for favors, only to be in an awkward elevator ride with Jakar.
1: Oh, yeah. He, like, ducks this guy. He, like, dismisses him. This guy's not getting any favors from Londo. Bye. Gets into an elevator, gets a second to breathe, and then whoops.
0: Backs (laughs) in Jakar.
1: Yeah, he's alone in an elevator with Jakar. This scene really gets me, because Veer is so sincere. He really means it when he tries to apologize to jakar
0: and we as an audience know that because we've seen him encourage Lando to not do these things yeah for two seasons you know well, a season of Lando being a jackass so we know that veer is earnest when he says hey don't do this stuff and when he apologizes to jakar for what's happened to his people he is earnest mm-hmm. but jakar is not wrong in his response no he, ne- he neither of them knife, is wrong yeah Cuts open his hand, and for every drop of blood that spills from his hand, he says, dead, 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 mm-hmm. dead. And he, you know, Veer apologizes. Jakar asks him how he can apologize to the dead. Right. Veer says he can't, and Jakar says that means he can't forgive.
1: Yeah. the scene you is know? really powerful. Both of these actors did an amazing job. Yeah, the scene was great. You can see Veer's frustration with being a nobody. He tried to talk Wando out of it. He really did. But his apology means nothing to Jakar. The fact that he tried to talk him out of it really means nothing. There's still a bunch of dead people. Yeah. You feel for both of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, they shelled the planet for four days. Yeah. Like, I don't know how anyone is alive. Like, just that Mm -hmm. amount of asteroids raining down on a planet. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back in Babylon 5's worst sex dungeon, Sebastian is starting to get a little trigger happy on the 10s unit while telling yeah. Delenn to expect the impossible and then be surprised it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, he, he like mocks her a lot. He he wonders aloud whether he's a killer of dreams or a protector of the public good, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. He seems to to wonder this without actually questioning it at all.
0: oh you mean a white dude who's self-righteous that doesn't question himself what
1: (laughs) i know we've never seen those before
0: (laughs) especially not in 1800s london
1: (laughs) oh my god for real (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (sighs) he asked the third question you remember our third question that we got
0: where are you no No. that that was just when i was lost okay
1: (laughs) why are you here (laughs) I thought that was a good one. And this is where it gets really contentious, it seems like.
0: Yeah. Well, she acknowledges that she's questioned if she's right about her having a destiny
1: Mm -hmm. throughout Mm -hmm.
0: all this. And he's all like, oh, positive reinforcement. You get a break for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) To, like, lay on the ground and cry, I guess.
0: Yeah. Whatever. you He he doesn't care. Yeah, right. He truly doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jakar is dealing with being questioned by some rank and file again, again, again.
1: Yeah. This time it's the purple drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> Pur- purple drazi has <drossy's> gone undercover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, questioning Jakar's competence for the many, manyth time <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a regular Narn meeting. Jakar promises to get a message through to his family in exchange mm-hmm. for them adhering to his leadership finally (laughs) yeah for reals listen to me this time you guys if i can get this thing done
0: we go back to babylon 5's premier goth club but at 6 a.m as sebastian tells delen that her problem is her ego she counters that he's a weak sad man who never had the ability or strength or will to achieve their dreams and so he lashes out at those who dream to convince them and hence himself that he isn't a failure because no one is able to do what he felt he was promised. And pretty much the same story as every alpha bullshit Dom I've ever met. When you question one of these fucks, they just lash out.
1: Mm. Yeah, he zaps her a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> he zaps her a bunch, threatens to stop her heart. Yeah. I wonder whose ego is the problem, really, sir.
0: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
1: This is very telling. Right. Stop telling on yourselves, guys.
0: <laughs> they won't. Chicago <Jakart laughs> goes to Sheridan for help, knowing it's in their best interest to have him remain in charge of the Nard on the station. And Sheridan decides to send the Rangers in.
1: We're going to get them out on their first mission. Too, we won't see it, but. Yeah. yeah. But they're going to do s- the thing. We're not going to forget that they're around.
0: Yes. That's also going to be important for later.
1: So Lanier finds DeleN and is concerned about her health. She's not mm-hmm. looking so great, right? She's pretty upset yeah. and physically harmed. Sebastian starts to return. We hear that tap, tap, tap yep. of the cane. Uh, so Lanier hurries off and finds Sheridan. He begs Sheridan to defy Kosh and go save Delenn because he thinks that she's being killed.
0: Now, upon viewing this, uh, and not remembering all of the exact details of this interaction, mm-hmm. I was kind of low key convinced that Lanier wasn't really there and that this was Sebastian further torturing Delen with uh, a little bit of hope.
1: Oh, I mean, you can read it that way, right?
0: Until we see Lanier go out and actually well, get yeah. Sheridan.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in it... which
0: case it's probably actually Lanier.
1: Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, could... though. You could say that, like, he's meddling and trying to get him in there, but I, yeah. it does seem like really linear as far as I yeah. can tell.
0: So uh, linear goes to get Sheridan. Sheridan shows up and Sebastian's just like, fucking finally, dude, I've been waiting on you. Uh, yeah. He then ties Sheridan up and starts giving him shit with his invisible whip cane part. Yeah. This is a new thing that we only see only Sheridan gets whipped when he's tied up. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And the the electricity effects across his face are just so convincing.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no electricity coming out of the cane. We don't see a whip. We don't get the like mm-hmm. Ferengi TNG thing going on. We just see uh, a really bad Photoshop glossy and blur all over Sheridan's face a number of yeah, times.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I thought this was interesting. So. In here, you know, Sheridan gets to do one of his great go-to-hells, because I think he tells people to go to hell a lot. Go to hell. I feel yeah. <laughs> I feel like we get multiple audio clips of Sheridan telling people to go <laughs> to hell. We had Garibaldi earlier mention to Jakar, you know, if you bring these weapons here, this place will go to hell. Jakar says, We're already in hell. And yes. the Inquisitor also says, This is hell. <laughs> it's like Very interesting that our our Garibaldi-Sheridan combo both, you know, don't believe they're in hell or, you know, they make reference to hell and somebody else is like, nah, it's already here.
0: (laughs) Already there, bro. Sheridan offers to sacrifice himself to save Delenn, and Delenn in turn offers herself as sacrifice to save Sheridan. And Delenn goes on a speech here that's really great. Their cause is life, one or a billion. Mm -hmm. She's unafraid of death. Her body is just a shell. You know, I do this not for fame, not for glory. I do mm-hmm. this to save life. Yeah. And Sebastian's just like, "Oh, hey, you said the magic words. Torture's <laughs> over. The handcuffs yeah. vanish. Everyone's instantly freed. And he uh, smoke bombs, and then appears at the exit. Yeah,
1: he like teleports to the the big round portal thing nice round (laughs) vault door very cool so yeah they have a quick hug and uh they start to leave but yeah Sebastian stops them and he basically says well you guys have read John 316 and uh you're doing it right so (laughs) you passed (laughs) I think he quotes it to us yep
0: they're the right ones don't don't question it you are the right ones to lead
1: the right ones in the right place at the right time in C&C, Sheridan asks Ivanova to Google Sebastian's name and address.
0: Get that wiki article.
1: Yeah. Get get out the wiki on London in 1886. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to Jakar, and he's showing the purple drowsy the video of his home and family. So he's satisfied. He's satisfied and grateful. The Narn on the station won't sword. question
0: Jakar for, like, at least eight episodes now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should have counted how many times. I don't know that it actually happens again, but it's I just happened kind a of lot, assume. though.
1: It's it's a historical precedent at this point. Like,
0: yeah, on his way out, Sheridan confronts Sebastian, and he's all like, "Yo, so I cross-referenced your name and your address and the date that you left, just happens to be the last day of this murder spree. How crazy is that?" And he goes on a bit of a rant here, Sebastian. He was uh, chosen by God to deliver a message in blood for all the world to see. Mm. You know, the Vorlans showed him his message was not heard. His holy crusade fell on death ears. He's paid penance for four hundred years and just wants to die. Yeah and the only he, they don't remember his message. No one remembers the point. They don't even remember Sebastian. All they remember is Jack:
1: Yeah. Creepy.
0: Yeah. Who? Jack the Ripper. Ooh, the <laughs> Vorlons. Ooh. Who are they that they would get these, this guy, right? Like, yeah. who the fuck are the Vorlons, the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. Getting fucking Jack the Ripper. Like, come on.
1: It should make you wonder, right?
0: <laughs> well, I it's mean... supposed to. I mean, that's yeah, the goal, yeah. really. You're supposed to question right now. Especially knowing what happens next episode, which I won't spoily for you one episode ahead, dear yeah. viewer. But whew, you get it you get some Vorlon stuff next episode. Let me tell you.
1: It's it's gotta be a, a season ender for Babylon Five. So we gotta have something big. What's big? Vorlon stuff.
0: <laughs> Vorlon stuff. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So at least he does wish Sheridan that his choices should have better results. Mm hmm. You know Sheridan's yeah. choices are better choices,
0: right, yeah, like so your holy Crusade, I hope it goes better than mine. It's all like, well,
1: <laughs> well, your holy Crusade was murdering prostitutes sir
0: <laughs> i'm I'm going to fight back literal evil in the galaxy, so yeah, maybe yeah. we don't make that comparison, yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so what do you think of this distorted. one? Oh man, that's a good question. Isn't it though? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fourth question. What did you think right. of this episode? Hmm. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we got to scale Babylon one to five and occasionally fuck this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> the sixth ranking. I remember being a lot more impressed by this episode when I was younger. Uh, yeah. I remember thinking the Jack the Ripper thing was like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just like oh everybody's done some kind of device like this. Not everybody, but a lot of our beloved series have made some kind of device, not necessarily Jack the Ripper, but a, a big plot twist reveal with some historical figure or some, or, you know, something like that. I really don't love the torturey stuff. Yeah. I don't love the character it's not fuck this episode bad for me.
0: Yes. That's actually my exact note is, well, not a fuck this episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Is this average Babylon 5 for me? I don't think it's below average because I think it does serve the story, but I don't think I can give it a four. It's not I am. above average for me. Okay. So you're giving it a 4 Do tell I'm going to give it a four.
0: OK, Okay. well, like I said, it's not quite a fuck this episode, but this mm-hmm. is probably as close as Babylon 5 gets to a fuck this episode without breaking that boundary for me.
1: I can agree with that.
0: It's shitty, abusive behavior from someone in a forced position of power, mm-hmm. which is the exact reason I hate The Office.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been an Office watcher, but I can see what you're talking about. OK.
0: Yeah, I, I watched the when I got COVID in fall of 2020. Uh I binged I was sick for 10 days and I binged The Office Uh and I had never watched it before because whenever I'd seen it I'm just like how is this funny Michael Scott the character is so inept as a leader that it is abusive like Uh he's literally terrible to people consistently without even realizing it Uh and it's that's not funny that's sad. Like, it makes me angry as a leader. Like, you're so bad at this job, you shouldn't have it. You know, it's very Peter Principle, and it just drives me mad. And so that's why it's almost a fuck this episode for me. Mm -hmm. But it is literally Jack the Ripper. Like, it's not like this is someone that is supposed to be a redeemable character. And even... Even Sebastian doesn't feel he's a redeemable character. He He's paying his penance for hundreds of years and all he wants is the release of death. He knows he is terrible. He knows mm-hmm. he fucked up. And he's still terrible and he's still fucking up because that's his role. That's what he does for the Vorlons. You know, he terrifies people and abuses them and is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm because it's that you know it's not like they had an episode with Hitler where he was attempted yeah. a redeemable dude like that's not what this is doing yeah that's all. true you know so it's it's that for me and so that's why it's not a fuck this episode I think it's good from a character building standpoint DeleN gets the shit beat out of her and keeps standing up uh, mm-hmm. We get a good developmental moment in the relationship between Sheridan and Delenn. We have some excellent stuff with Veer and Jakar uh, yes, floating I around the B-plot. You're right. And for that, all that adds up to a four out of five for me. But only because it's just barely not a fuck this episode.
1: <laughs> I think I could give it a reluctant four because while I may not have necessarily liked this episode, I wasn't supposed to like this episode in some ways, yeah. as you pointed out and it is effective it is good so yeah. that's that's my reluctant for i admit that it's good i just don't <laughs> like jack the ripper <laughs> yeah nor
0: should you he's be shit yeah fuck that guy anyways next episode is our season 2 finale listener i'm so we excited we have season 2 episode 22 the fall of night Earth reacts to the Centauri's rapid invasion of several worlds, but it is not what's shared and expected. Amazing revelations are made about the Shadows and the Vorlons.
1: Vorlon stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a big episode. I mean, the finales always are.
1: It'll be our last episode with the current theme set up.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah, well, we yeah, get we can new theme, theme every season. Yeah. Yep. So and season three is my favorite. It. So.
1: I think season three is my favorite, too. It's It's either three or four. I don't honestly remember, but I'll let you know when we hit that season three, episode (laughs) one, if this was the one I remembered as my favorite.
0: (laughs) Yep. And this also means that the episode after next is our season two recap to once again, remind everyone who are you B five at gmail.com. Please send us your thoughts on season two. Uh, You can shoot them over on the discord. You can DM them on Facebook. You can send us a Twitter message thing. I am very bad at Twitter, but it's where the B5 podcast fam lives, so I am struggling through it for y'all. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're trying Um, to be better Twitter people.
0: (laughs) I'm not a good Twitter person. Twitter scares me on a level that can
1: only be explained by my age. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you to Jeremy Siegel for our theme music, and thank you to everybody in the Discord who was thinking good thoughts for all our friends in Florida Jeremy Siegel being one of them, he's he's there. And as far as we know, all of our friends that are on the Discord and listening to us from the Florida area are safe and okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, I hope you're getting the help you need as you rebuild. Thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast art.
0: And uh, yeah, join that Discord. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll do a mailbag segment for non-season two recap stuff a couple weeks into season three. But we're really looking for a season two feedback right now. So send mm-hmm. us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them and share with our audience. We'll see you next week, internet.